Hey everyone, welcome back to the Matt Report. Got a fun episode today with David Hayes of WP Shout. He's one of the co-owners over there uh, with his partner Fred, who wasn't able to make the call because he's on his honeymoon. So congratulations, uh, Fred, for that. Um, but we dove into a lot of topics. I, you know, going into this, I thought I was uh, interviewing sort of from the angle of what's it like to publish content for WordPress. How are you doing this? You've got a course coming out. They've got a course coming out all about WordPress security, which he'll talk about. Um, so I was going into it from the publisher's angle, but I, I totally forgot that they actually run their agency too, and they've actually had uh, experience in uh, sort of a traditional startup world before WordPress. So we really got into the meat and potatoes of that, which is a great discussion. So many of us are trying to balance so many things, maybe a, a day job with a product on the side, or maybe you run an agency and you're trying to get product off the ground. I know I am, so many other people are. Uh, it's very difficult to strike that balance, and uh, David and I uh, shared that experience on this call today. We also talked about WordPress marketing, right? And not WordPress marketing, like how do you market WordPress services to customers, but how is WordPress, the greater brand owned by Automatic, um, going to market this themselves? How do they position .com versus a .org offering? Where does Jetpack fit, fit into this messy mix of, of clashing of brands that we have here, uh, community and, and pro, uh, you know, uh, and the like? Great discussion that happens towards the end of the uh, the podcast. So definitely check that out and listen in. It's mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. If you love this show, please go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Season six, this is like supposed to be season six. It uh, kind of has some big technical issues with a whole bunch of pre-recording stuff that I had. Uh, so I might just keep going off the cuff like this. It's uh, a little bit refreshing to get back into the old way of doing things. And just interviewing people as I come along them and I see them in the news or in the Twitter feed and I say, ah, I would really like to talk to, 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 to that woman over there or that guy over there and really find out what their story is. And I've been sort of kind of enjoying that because I've been super busy myself. So hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it. I've been kind of a freelance WordPress and other technology consultant for about five years now. Um, so we run an agency called PressUp where we do, you know, everything from small business websites of like we need our first five page thing and um, to more complicated like, oh, we need a system to let us, uh, you know, fulfill orders through our drop shipping companies, like any of that kind of stuff we do. Um, and it really, we've thought of specializing, but we've never uh, gotten into it. And then WP Shout has kind of been a hobby for a long time, and it's increasingly uh, my focus. I have a big consulting uh, project that I've had for the last couple of years. It's like an ongoing retainer thing that's wrapping up um, basically right now. And so, um, you know, this security course we're going to talk about is my first foray into like, can I actually take this thing that's been a hobby for uh, basically since we bought WP Shout in 20, I think 13. Uh, and make it into a my actual paycheck. Well, <laughs> it's still still results still working the results towards are, it. <laughs> yeah, the results uh, of that test are still out. Um, one of those one of the things that's going to help you get there is is you have a paid uh, course coming up uh, all about WordPress security. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But you mentioned something specifically with the agency side of your you mm -hmm. wanted to specialize. You really haven't got there yet. Maybe to like looking around at everybody else that specialize, you know, niche down all this thing. Why, yeah. why haven't you done it? Is it just, it just hasn't happened? Like, is there steps, steps you have to put in place to actually make it happen? Tell me. Yeah. About I mean, so, so part of it is you've got to pick something that you want to work a space you want to work in for a while. Um, and the closest we've ever come to an answer to that question was like, well, we like, uh, people who are doing good in the world via like charity, non-governmental agency, all that kind of work. Um, but the only thing that actually is a common thread between that generic a terminology is that they don't have as much money. As I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't really the best uh, choice. Um, so we did try that earlier this year and kind of realized after doing it that we were creating very generic content that was no better than what we already were. Um, and there's kind of never been a, a strong need for us. We, you know, we are we get enough leads that come in that are interesting and that'll work out. And, you know, some of them are like, you know, a few thousand dollars where they just needed help with a specific feature. And, you know, we're just technical enough to 
get them over that hurdle or you know actually full-blown you know twenty to fifty thousand dollars projects um, and so the mix has always just kind of worked out such that um, when it comes to like super optimizing um, processes of the agency we've never uh, been in a position where it made enough sense to do uh, to be like we are going to do you know e-commerce businesses that sell physical goods uh, with a price between 10 and $100, like we've just never gotten there right? Um, with respect to wanting to or needing to focus. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's so many folks out there, some some folks that are well-regarded in the industry. My good friend Brian Castle talks about productizing a service and sort of, uh, you know, just productizing a service, sort of that, 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 that key phrase that a lot of people toss around. And I just feel that sometimes, yeah, that's nice on paper, right, where you can say for, I don't mm-hmm. know, $1,000 a month, we'll do... XYZ for you and you try to you as the as as the person creating this thing you're trying to like box in your client to say for a thousand dollars a month we're going to only operate between these lines and we're not Mm going to go agency model we're going to do custom but I feel like every customer ultimately just comes to you and says hey can you can you do this for me too can you also like Mm -hmm. link up my Facebook and and promote these posts for me too and you're like no not really but I'll pay you like five thousand dollars a month and you're just like oh okay I'll do it <laughs> you know and then you yeah. st- then you start muddying the waters I just feel it's so hard to get into that that funnel of, of customers at this level uh, absolutely I think I think you make a great point which is that like because of you know kind of like a lot of people who are doing WordPress aren't you know the 10 you know 10 million dollar a year company that like has this app that is the core of their business and they need a lot of help with it Um, So it's a lot of people in a lot of different positions and the likelihood that you can isolate like, oh, we just work with, you know, Fortune 500 companies doing marketing. Like there's a very small set of people who could possibly service that in the WordPress space. And so I think a lot of people end up, you know, especially especially, you know, it's the curse of someone new to the whole Mm -hmm. industry. But, you know, they want to try everything and they think they can do everything. And I think, you know, certainly for us, we you know, when we first put up a site and we're like, we're going to do agency work, we're just going to like help people with websites. We, we offered services we don't offer anymore. You know, we, we were like, we do SEO and we do, uh, <laughs> we do uh, paid placement and like none of that was our strength or our, our interest or, you know, social media is another obvious example of something that we just can't do. Um, so, you know, we, we do, I guess, to a some extent, we've niched into like, we basically do development. If you mm-hmm. need a designer, we have people we've worked with before who we think are good, but that's not our thing. Um, you know, so we have, we have niched in that way. I just like, as far as industry niching, we definitely haven't. Yeah. And I don't, I think kind of what you're saying, and I kind of agree with is that I'm not sure that it's as doable in WordPress as it is in other, yeah, other possible technologies or ways of looking at the industry. It's, it's pretty easy to be generic mm-hmm. um, and just be like, yeah, we only do, you know, like I said, e-commerce companies that sell goods between 10 and a hundred dollars of price point. Like you could offer a technology solution for them, but they're going to be on such different stacks and stuff. So if you do WordPress as well, that's also a niche. A lot of other agencies, uh, you know, myself included, uh, we, we have products, we have themes, we have plugins. You have a WordPress um, content site, right? Where you're putting out tutorials, mm-hmm. news information, um, interviews, that kind of thing, uh, email newsletter that goes out. Uh, that to that to me is a product. How do you how do you split your time? How do you manage that? How do you keep it going when you're when you're getting the paychecks from the customers? And oh boy, we have to do another tutorial or or, or PDF. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, one of the uh, one of the things that's made that not actually an issue is that I am uh, maniacally able to execute on a task that I've given myself or someone else has given me. Um, And I will do it to the exclusion of other things. Um, So I think a lot of people engage in these things as like, oh, it would be nice if I published on my blog more. And we've always, me specifically, um, have have always engaged with WP Shout as like, no, every Tuesday we publish something. And I know... uh, Brian Krogsgaard, when I talk to him, is always like in awe of how much we always just like get every Tuesday. But I mean, the the downside of my maniacal ability to keep executing a thing that I decided I would execute is that, you know, we do it for you can do it for a long time without having a clear sense of um, where the payoff comes from. I've got a friend right now who, you know, makes I think he's at three YouTube videos a week. 
uh, you know, and he's growing a subscriber count and all of those things, but he doesn't have a vision about where money comes in from it and where it lets him quit his job. And I think that kind of ability to execute is really good, uh, but you have to balance it with a, you know, kind of a balancing uh, with, uh, you know, other priorities such as how do I actually pay my bills? So for, for us, like this site has suffered a small amount on like massive, massive client projects are due on Friday, um, but that focus has been, you know, kind of in between the entire time. So it's never been the case that we've forgotten it entirely or um, left it entirely absent of like, oh, we need to come back to executing every Tuesday. There's a new newsletter and a new article. Right. Um, yeah, so, I, 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 I mean, mostly it's been like just that default mode for me. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody else, close your ears because <laughs> we, we're not as maniacal uh, as David mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, one of the things that is, you, everybody rolls their eyes, right? You hear these, you hear this advice all the time is you got to set your goals. You got to look at your passion. Uh, yeah. And then you're like, nah, man, I'm just going to do the work. I'm going to start publishing because that's what I like to do. And then you go, oh shit, I didn't set a goal, <laughs> uh, which Absolutely. is, which is, which is, I am, you know, both hands in the air right now like totally uh, uh guilty of that especially on on this site matt report is i never really even tried to push anybody to my own products through my website which is hilarious right other than right. other than just talking about it on the air here i don't really funnel anybody anywhere or retarget or even think about monetization um you know maybe aside from sponsorships but that was about it uh you know and and yeah. and you're right you just start chugging along and my God, YouTube is just a whole other league. Like I've been, do I've been doing videos, and it's just like the podcast is a lot of work. The YouTube channel is just insane uh, amount of work, and you know I don't know how people keep up with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it's one of those things where, um, especially because a lot of people in the WordPress space and in I'd say tech in general are like hobbyists who happen to find out that they could make a living. Ah, uh, yes, great. The stuff they love it leads to more so than in other spaces. Like, mm -hmm. you know, affiliate marketing is not anyone anyone ever wanted to do in their free time, I don't think. <laughs> um, so, so those people are a little better, I think, than most people who, you know, are developers or start out as developers or came from kind of like that web you know, the whole web sphere, mm -hmm. like that web sphere is just like hobbyists who are like, isn't it neat that I can like make this thing? And then later we think about like, oh, like I've been putting a lot of time into this. I wonder if it's going to pay off or when. Um, and, you know, people get lucky. Like I think some of the YouTube stars are like people who just happened into it and suddenly they were like, oh, I am making you know, thousands of dollars a month on YouTube. But I don't think that happens for most people. Right. Um, for most of us, it's like you need to be strategic. You need to think about, you know, what are your goals and how are you taking steps to achieve them? Absolutely. So let's just riff on that a little bit. You, you mentioned that a lot of people in this space might be hobbyists or they're just sort of, you know, finding, they're just like stumbling upon success for a little bit. And then it's sort of domino effect after that. Do you think that's a detriment to maybe the WordPress uh, market or I won't say it's like community to like, as everybody knows community, but uh, here's, here, let me just take a step back and, and stage it for you. There's like this sense of, uh, for the last year, maybe people aren't as interested in WordPress anymore. Agencies might be tightening their belt a little bit more. Um, product sales are, are certainly different. We just saw my friend Scott Bollinger talk about that on post status. Um, is that because there's just so many of us that riding the wave when the wave is big and going up and to the right, that people are like, yeah, this is great. We're gonna make a whole bunch of money, but we're all just like trying to figure out where to go afterwards. We really don't know how to sustain this market because we're all learning to a degree. Um, is there just a massive pool of, you know, I'll, I guess I'll say it. Is there just a massive pool of amateurs in this space? I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean in like young amateur, couple years under the belt running a business and this is what happens? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think to, to, to some extent it's true. I think there's also like, you know, there are people who have been, um, you know, maniacally able to do the business. Um, Say so I had bulky. I just, you know, I came across a product the other day and I was like, oh, this. Yeah. Yep. That's that's him. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you know, there are the, the exceptions. I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of following the lead of the few people who've made it work. And I, th I would say that Syed is an example. And, you know, for a while there was a, 
there was a crop of people who were desperate to like make their new theme framework and sell it to everyone because of the success of Genesis. I think there is a, an extent to which uh, the ecosystem is a little like um, hard up for really uh, innovative marketing and you know uh, customer serving ideas um, because it is so easy to create the stuff and people people around the creation of you know a theme or uh, plug-in or something down to zero and then are like oh I'll take care of you know like that's what their their that's what their passion leads them to and then they're like I'll try to figure out how to market it later um, so there are a lot of ideas that come out of like the desire to have a theme company um, rather than from the the idea that there was this need in the market that didn't have anything serving it and so I want to go in and serve that need I think that's a big part of it is I mean and this is not you know I don't think this is especially true in WordPress I, I talk to people kind of from all over who have the basic idea that they want to have a business but don't think about what the customers of that business will be um, and that 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 works out pretty well and it makes you have very nice dreams about the business you'll have someday um, but when you get into doing it I think it often um, surprises people I certainly was surprised the first time I set out to have a business and didn't think about the customers and then realized there were no customers because I didn't <laughs> make sure I found them before I created a thing. And anyway, um, what, what business was this? Uh, so Fred and I started uh, working together. Uh, we'd actually gone to high school together. We started working together on a startup called Metavate. Um, and the best analogy I've got is that it's kind of like something like Strava or Runkeeper, but for meditating. Um, so if you know those things, basically the idea is like you can track your workouts and you can get insights about like how quick you were and all that stuff. Uh, meditation is much harder to quantify, uh, which hurt it. And, um, you know, the basic idea was that there are like we had this latent desire to help people meditate more and have better a better time when they do it. But, you know, we didn't figure out what those people were actually looking for or if they were looking for anything to solve their problem. Um, and we also just, you know, some of just like the simple, straightforward, obvious stuff of marketing, of like telling people that it exists, we weren't great at doing either. Um, but kind of the compound failure of that made that meant we spent about two years building, you know, a PHP website app thing. Um, it was like respectable. It was not good, um, but it was respectable and it did its job. And just, you know, we maxed out at probably like a hundred active users on a given weekly basis just because no one was finding it and no one wanted it when we had created it and it i mean it's actually still online you can go check it out but it's not like a business that's worth us investing any time into these days is this is this pre like iphone and pre just mobile market blowing up uh i would say the app store had probably been around for a year or two actually but we, I, I didn't have any expert. I, I, I kind of knew PHP. And so we made what we knew how to bit make rather than what the market needed. Got it. And the thing that's like doing what we did, but way better is an app for Android and iOS called Insight Timer. And it's basically the same thing where it takes, but it, it knew what people wanted, which was they were looking in app stores for meditation timers and built the rest of the features onto the back end of that because people were already there. And we were trying to give people that thing that like Insight Timer has built to over the last five or so years um, by giving them something they didn't know they needed or have any reason to want. Aha, uh -huh. I get it. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, <laughs> listen, I, years ago, I, I can't even count how many years ago it was now, but I had a co-founder on a startup that I had, and we were creating Dropbox before Dropbox existed. And this is before, right. like, this is at, like, the boom of, uh, of, of broadband and, and cable access. So <clears throat> internet speeds weren't even, you know, where they're at today. It wasn't even a, you know, you didn't even think that you'd have this kind of connectivity that we have now. And... Uh, yeah, sometimes we can, like, I think your app now, especially in the boom of Tim Ferriss and meditation and how do all these, you know, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs start their days? Like, I think that, and everything is so data driven, you know, I think maybe a couple years later, 
you would have, you know, you would have been talking to me right now on a yacht somewhere uh, <laughs> off the coast of Hawaii. I don't know. You probably would have done much better with that. Well, one. <laughs> well, watching watching the space, I doubt that that would have happened. But I do think I do think there are a couple things. You know, another thing that started around the time we did that has taken off, and people will have casually heard of it, even if they don't know much about meditation, is Headspace. Right. And yep. again, that was an app that, uh, like, that was an idea, a company that started with the same basic goal. But gave something people gave people something that was much more approachable and close to what they were already looking for, which is like I want guided meditation. I want to know how to do it, and like we specifically were like we will not do that. Um, and it turns out if you don't if you give people what they don't want, they typically don't want what you give them. Right, right. You know, it's it's I'm fascinated by the the start of somebody, right, and and specifically. Specifically, celebrities, uh, comedians, music artists, uh, maybe even if you go real extreme, like uh, talk show hosts, uh, maybe like a John Oliver, a Dr. Dre, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, the three that come to my mind where, you know, if you looked at their work five years ago, I mean... I guess John Oliver still dresses up in like donkey suits every now and again, but you'd see him as like this, you know, this little bit on John Stewart's show or, or, you know, even prior to that, wherever he was before that, you see like these weird things. You're like, what, what, what is this guy doing? Like, this is, this is just a joke, right? Kevin Hart, like you see him and, and even Dr. Dre, you go from sort of this uh, just rap figure to this just business mogul who sells his business to Apple, right? The most profound company in, in the history of the world. Um, you just see the start of people. I'm just so intrigued that so many people start something and they give up or, or they take these lessons or they take these failures as uh, not a lesson, right? They don't learn from it. They don't reinvest uh, in, in what they have. A lot of the time, if you have the wrong product, if you have the wrong product market fit, you might still have an audience, even though you don't have the right product market fit. There might be a pivot in there to overuse that word. There might be a pivot in there to extend the life of your business, extend the life of your audiences. Uh, have you had any experience with that? Maybe even stuff you're doing with WP Shout and, and the agency business where you're like, you know what, <sighs> this doesn't feel right. I'm going to shift the gears a little bit here. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I think... One of the, I, this, this is a slant fit, but one of the things we tried early on in WP Shout's life was that we were going to sell advertising in a boutique way. Like the way we would actually make it profitable would, that, would be that rather than trying to sell people, sell things to our audience, we would sell access to our audience to other people. Um, and our audience has never been huge. I mean, I think we get probably about 50,000 visits a month um, right now. And, you know, a few years ago, that was probably half that. And that's when we were trying to sell it. So, you know, on a pure CPM basis, there's not a living in just being like, yeah, you can, uh, you can, uh, we will run AdSense and you can buy that space for 10 cents per click. Um, so what we tried to do was sell it one off and it just didn't, it, it didn't work because we weren't, uh, Fred, neither Fred nor I are natural sales people at all. Like we're pretty much the opposite of that. Um, and that like we started a business that failed just because we sucked at marketing. And then we had the same idea of, yeah, well, I mean, we'll sell to like hosting companies, uh, $6,000 a year annual access to our, our audience. And we'll like create content to, you know, basically kind of native advertising or however you want to phrase it of like, yeah, we'll review your product um, because you're paying us. And that just, that idea, I think, um, fundamentally didn't work because our audience, part of the, the thing our audience likes about us is that we aren't uh, just another one of the thousands of um, affiliate marketing blogs in the WordPress space where, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make a percentage on, you know, me selling you this plugin or that plugin or that theme company's subscription. Um, so it was kind of a slant fit for us and it just ended up being wrong, which is part of the reason. So we've we released Up and Running, which is basically a you know a beginner's guide to WordPress, similar pricing as this, uh, two years ago, and then we kind of iterated on it and we brought back in Alex to help with the thing we suck at, which is the marketing. Um, Alex basically created WP Shout when he was like 16 or something, 
uh, went away to university and that's when we bought the site from him. Uh, and then he happened to be graduating university and unsure what to do. And we were like, hey, you seem to have been really good at marketing and we aren't. Um, and so there, there's been a really like nice fit where Alex kind of helps us be a little more strategic about all our marketing moves. And um, he's helping us launch products. So the hope is that this is a business, but as I said, the uh, jury's still out on that one. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Um, give us a rundown on this latest product that you have uh, coming out. Who's it for, price point, and when is it going to be available? Sure. So the the product is basically, you know, the issue is that I feel like a lot of people are worried about WordPress security. Um, 4.8.3 came out yesterday, um, basically with a security issue involved in um, I think if you weren't an insider, you may have missed the entire thing, um, which is great because it caused me unnecessary heart, heart, heartache over the weekend as I, because I really respect um, both sides of that transaction where uh, there's this guy who's really big in the broader PHP community who created like the way that PHP is now the best language for passing, uh, basically securely storing passwords. Like he's done a lot of good stuff and then the WordPress security team, which is like, you know, tired of dealing with egos of reporters, um, you know, people who report security issues. And I think the, the combination just led to a giant conflagration. And like as an outsider, especially if you don't understand the heart of WordPress security and what the issues are, that's just like a very scary thing to pay attention to. So the idea of the course is that, you know, this is a scary topic that a lot of people are, you know, kind of uncertain about. and. Um, the hope is that, you know, it'll help you deal with that. It's actually called WordPress security with confidence because I think fundamentally the thing is you can install a security plugin, but you only trust it as far as you trust its developer. And the hope is that by taking this course, you actually trust that your security process is as secure as it can be because you have new knowledge about what security means and what it doesn't mean um, than you might get anywhere else. So there's basically a user, non-developer, uh, site owner tier whose name I think is still a little bit of undecided but uh, there's a tier for people who basically don't know what PHP is have never heard of SQL injection or anything like that um, and I think for those people uh, we've got a really attractive package that covers everything from like what do the various WordPress security plugins do and why should you use them which ones should you use can you use them together you know, what can I do without a security plugin? What does it mean to keep WordPress secure? It answers kind of all of those questions that I think a lot of people have, which is that they've vaguely heard from someone, you know, who's like their uncle's best friend was like, yeah, I heard about that WordPress thing, gets hacked a lot. You know, for anything from that to people who are like truly developers and know that cross-site scripting is a thing, have some sense that they're supposed to like clean data before they show it because that might prevent it maybe, um, but don't really have a clear sense of like, well, no, I sanitize the value and then I act, uh, escape it before I output it and therefore I'm safe from cross-site scripting. Um, so the hope is that we move people uh, along that trajectory. And so uh, the user tier right now is gonna launch at 149 and then the developer tier is gonna be uh, at 197, I think. Maybe the user tier is 147 because we like sevens because they're cooler. <laughs> um, but same, same basic price point of around 150 and around 300. Is that an Alex Denning strategy? Uh, I think I think that was actually my idea. Okay. I heard it on the podcast. Someone was like, no, I mean, man, sevens are better. I tested it. I didn't even test on all of it. Don't end with a nine. Uh, that's great. You're throwing money away. Awesome. So uh, so where where does this go? Is I mean... And I want to, this is a big, yeah. this is a big question. Like where, I mean, and when I say, where does this go? I mean, like, where does this go for you as the, as WP Shouts owner? Like, is this the way that folks, at least for the next year or so, should be looking at monetizing content? Uh, is it through sort of finding that niche uh, audience member and then trying to address it with a, a product fit with them uh, instead mm -hmm. of going through advertising and sponsorships and things like that is and you're going to release more classes as we move forward <clears throat> yeah um, yeah that's a host of things so yeah I mean physically where someone could find this is uh, we're going we're creating a, a separate WordPress site called courses.wpshout.com where you will basically be able to buy this and other courses 
Um, that's the core idea. Um, from a more tactical and practical perspective, I think, you know, our audience should definitely be on the lookout for this kind of thing. You know, Fred and I are talking about doing a site speed thing. Um, I think Git is a promising topic. I think there's a lot of stuff where there isn't a lot of approachable um, education on a topic that uh, clearly says what, what you know before you do it and what you know after it. Um, and so I'm still learning how to teach better. Uh, you know, that's a lifelong process, but I think I, I've kind of uh, gotten a sense, a good sense of where most people are on these sorts of topics. Um, and so really my goal for the next year is to try this out and see if it works. I will not like recommend to anyone else that they do this because I don't even know <laughs> if it works for me. Got it. Um, you know, I mean, I think our Up and Running has been, you know, uh, a good success for us, you know, especially after the relaunch where we had some help from Alex. Uh, it's been a success for us, but um, as far as whether this would work for anyone else or anyone else's audience, I really uh, couldn't begin to speculate on that because uh, it's so different. I think that, you know, there are definitely WordPress sites that, you know, should be continuing to do affiliate marketing. There are WordPress sites that should, um, you know, be continuing to try to actually like, you know, create a new security plugin that solves some of the needs that the existing ones don't, or, you know, gives people the confidence um, in the whole process of what is WordPress and why is it now secure that I've installed that, that I don't think the existing ones do a great job at. Um, but I think, um, yeah, it's so specific because, you know, I mean, I really admire everything that Brian Krogsgaard has done at post status, but I don't think anyone should follow that model who isn't Brian Krogsgaard and, you know, has the specific talents that Brian does, you know, to like attract a crowd and uh, get get them interested and energized and inform them. Uh, like there's that balance of those four things or something that Brian has that I don't have. You know, that's why my, my solution is closer to trying to inform rather than entertain because I think Brian's a slightly more engaging speaker. Than well, geez, now we're really getting, now we're really making his head big. Let's just, let's, let's move <laughs> All on right. from the top. Brian Krogsgaard, uh, I don't know. He <clears throat> hit a puppy once. Yeah, he, he definitely let's did. Let's make it bad, but not too bad. Yeah. I mean, many puppies from my, from my, uh, reportings, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would say that the merit point's a little bit more entertaining than the post-status draft, but, uh, you know, we'll leave that for another discussion. Um, no, Brian's a good guy. Um, so, no, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you're open to admit, because I, th I feel like so few people are, uh, maybe they're admitting it to themselves, just not out in, out in public, but uh, that, th that this is a test run, right? This is a test run, and this is another experiment. Uh, it's the way that I've always done things. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, Boy, you do a lot. I mean, yeah, I do a lot because uh, one, I <clears throat> I haven't hit that home run yet that I can just <laughs> right. that I haven't focused on, right? I mean, that's like if, if yeah. people don't see that, like that's if that's not obvious, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But but still, even if you do hit a home run, I don't know. Like I I don't know what happens when you hit a home run because I feel like. Uh, I will continue to experiment with things because it's just the only way I know how to operate. Um, some things, some things are here's a strikeout. The other things is just a base hit. Um, you know, some things are a double, and uh, I'll take them as they come. But the ones that uh, you know eventually sort of die out, I just I just stop doing and I move on to the next thing. I'm not afraid to move on to the next thing and say that I'm working on something new. Uh, you know, with the underlining foundation is everything's WordPress, so it's not like I'm splitting my attention uh, between like a, a WordPress product and a, let's say I don't know a Drupal product or like just an info book or something like that. Um, on that same on that same vein, where how how are you getting influence or where do you look for influence outside of the WordPress space? Uh, I think that's really big now, where people are like, hey, I guess we should be looking outwards now instead of just inwards. Uh, where does that come for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to clarify, the question is like, where do I learn? Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it 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 certainly is the case that um, I've spent a lot of time in WordPress, and I you know I love it dearly. I've been using it for ten years now, and um, you know, no one will uh, as quickly tell you that WordPress is terrible and uh, defend it uh, than I will. Um, and part of that is because, like, from from a development perspective, I think it's absolutely essential to be outside the the WordPress community because I think WordPress, um, you know, is 
you know, a very old piece of software. And uh, well, it has some really good ideas in it. It also has some really bad ones. Um, and if you learn in WordPress, as I actually did, uh, like learn PHP development from it, you can build pretty terrible applications the second you step outside of WordPress. Um, and that's because WordPress has a couple, more than a few quirks that are not great. So I've, you know, I've been, in the last couple of years, I've been paying a lot of attention to the broader PHP community, speaking at PHP conferences and all that stuff. And, you know, the mix of things you you hear out there is really interesting. You know, you know, domain-driven design is a big thing for uh, PHP developers now, and it's more so there than any other programming ecosystem. And it's basically, um, you know, thinking harder about what your app is supposed to do and thinking about your design of your app around what it's supposed to do rather than um, what kind of classes or code you want to write for it. Um, Business-wise, I, I definitely, you know, I've I've loved the Matt Report and Post Status as a way to stay abreast of uh, WordPress news for as long as they've existed. But, you know, I'd absolutely, I, I would not um, only want to listen to them. I love startups for the rest of us. I think Robin... Uh, Mike, thank you, <laughs> do a great job of just like distilling various different pieces of information. And they also both have very interesting and different stories, for example, um, where uh, Rob had the runaway success of Drip after like, you know, iterating through 10 different types of products. And I feel like, you know, kind of to wrap around to what you were saying, uh, there is sort of this thing where people who happen to get a home run the first time they step up to the plate are like, well, you know what it was? It was that I got up early or that I happened to eat peanut butter and jelly that day. Um, there's sort of this way that uh, people who find success or success in anything easily um, don't understand as well as people who learned it the hard way, um, how you got, how they got there. And they think it's down to, um, you know, their great big ego or whatever it was that they happened to uh grab a hold of as their most important trait and they say that that launched them into success and i think the most interesting people to to hear from are absolutely the people who are still you know trying things and saying like well this isn't working but this is um, a couple other names that are coming to mind are the a16z podcast um, i'm not really into venture capital uh andreessen horowitz is what a16z is an abbreviation for um and it's a fascinating podcast about everything from like cryptocurrency to the latest iPhone and whether or not it'll succeed. Um, and then the other name that I'm thinking of is Stratechery. Um, I don't know if you know Ben Thompson, but he's basically the most interesting theorist about the various different giant companies that are dominating the current digital ecosystem. So why is Facebook and Amazon's business model different? What does that tell us about um, the world we live in today. So those are just a couple names. And I definitely think, um, you know, like I said, I love the Matt report, but I also agree with you that like inside the WordPress ecosystem, there is a sort of echo chamber where, you know, what Matt Mullenweg said four years ago is still going to be reverberating inside of the WordPress community where outside of it, it never really made an impact. So I think definitely being aware of that distinction is super useful in understanding the broader world. As, as a, and this will be sort of the, the final wrap up question. And this is the big one, man. This is the one we talked about. <laughs> this is the curveball. Uh -oh. uh, <clears throat> you can pass if you want. But, uh, you know, so another thing on my mind since you brought up Mullenweg uh, was or is uh, WordPress, the brand, uh, its, market, its marketing efforts or maybe even lack thereof. Uh, I remember at uh, the past, this previous WordCamp, uh, US WordCamp, uh, you know, there was like going to be this big push and sort of a marketing team. And then I think a few months later, I got this email like, hey, there's going to be this marketing push. And I think, I mean, this is just rough numbers. It's been like six to eight months since I've really heard anything on the market marketing front. And <clears throat> meanwhile, Every video that I go to on YouTube, I'm getting hit by celebrities endorsing Wix, uh, YouTube celebrities endorsing Squarespace. Um, again, Kevin Hart, famous comedian, he's endorsing Wix. It was a commercial on the Super Bowl last year. Um, they're, they're using YouTube celebrities for Squarespace. And, you know, uh, I, I, I might be a little... Uh, I guess, I don't know, full of myself, but I'm just like, man, we've got all these players in the WordPress space that, that really push WordPress. Uh, we have podcasts. We have publishing sites like yours and Krogsgard and countless others. 
why why isn't WordPress marketing, you know, maybe reaching out to us? Like, hey, it, you influence a whole bunch of people collectively. Uh, you've got some real strong thoughts on WordPress. How should we work better with the community side of things versus the automatic side of things? Uh, I don't know. I mean, for a guy who's like exploring, re-exploring marketing on your own site, I mean, what do you think uh, the WordPress brand or the automatics flavor of WordPress's brand should be doing to bridge that gap, uh, commercial versus uh, community side? Yeah, that's... Uh fascinating question i i i'm just having a total scattershot number of thoughts that i'll just start <laughs> elaborating I, I think one of the one of the really interesting things is that the wordpress.com and wordpress.org extinction uh distinction sorry exists for us inside of the wordpress community but is basically meaningless to anyone else uh, because wordpress is basically you know it still remains a developer tool you know, it's a, or, you know, a site builder tool or something. It's a tool that makes you, makes it easier to make a website. Uh, this is WordPress.org. It's not a tool that gets you a website. Mm. You know, you have to still like go buy from HostGator or SiteGround or whoever it is, this hosting package. And then you're like, I, I wanted WordPress. And they're like, oh, here's our installer. Go run this. And then you'll have WordPress. And it, that I just think that's a very disjointed experience for people. And then once they get in, um, as someone who taught a very frustrated um, middle-aged woman WordPress a few weeks ago, um, a lot of people still struggle with the idea of how to pilot WordPress. And I think this is really, to my mind, where you know the Wix and Squarespace and so on that you're mentioning as like the threat to WordPress comes in. And it's because that they they in offering and owning the entire experience can do a better job at giving people, you know, like learn our conventions and then everything you do on your website will be um, subject to these conventions. Like WordPress fundamentally still does not offer that. If you go and install Ninja Forms and then you uh, get your theme from, you know, some theme forest seller and you get, you know, an e-commerce system from Automatic itself in WooCommerce, like you're getting three different visions of what WordPress interfaces should look like, how those all blend together is like, what is this short code thing? Like, it's still pretty disjointed. And I think part of the reason that, um, to my mind, like the positive reason that Matt has stepped back into the WordPress, like core lead development, I'm serious about being the BDFL of this community role is because that fracturization of the WordPress community is really um, one of its biggest obstacles, both for WordPress.com and competing with Squarespace and for people who want people to not be in Squarespace, but to be on WordPress sites out in the world in, you know, A2 hosting or whatever it is. Um, because it's just like such, like the, the core thing of that WordPress.org tool just doesn't make sense to an average human. <laughs> in, in my long time trying to explain it to them, they're just like, oh, okay. Like they, they vaguely understand that there's this thing called a website and they vaguely understand that maybe it runs on a server. But the idea of like, no, you have to buy hosting, which is part of a server, and then you put this other thing on it and then that's WordPress and that's what you use and it's great. Um, it just doesn't compute for people far out of sight of the industry. So when I think about Super Bowl ads, I think like, I'm not sure how uh, Squarespace is doing its accounting and I'm not sure maybe these are actually a runaway success and maybe they aren't. I think part of the reason that I've certainly heard WordPress.com advertised much more aggressively in the spaces where I've heard WordPress, uh, sorry, Squarespace advertised historically, like on podcasts and so on um, in the last few months. And I think it's because fundamentally like Matt and Automatic as like the business that best represents WordPress are feeling that, pun uh, that pinch from the Squarespaces and Wixes of the world marketing harder and polishing their product into a state that maybe feels better for some new visitors or offering themes that look more attractive to them or whatever it is that's driving that end user decision. I'm not in the front lines of that decision, so I don't know uh, what WordPress needs um, to really compete with those people. I do think Gutenberg is a step in the right direction, giving people a more intuitive, less um, short Cody experience less like, oh yeah, this is just the text box that you do everything in. Oh, you don't know HTML? Um, 
maybe there's a short code for it. <laughs> like that, that answer has never been very satisfying yeah. um, for anyone but developers who are like, short codes, oh, wow, this is really cool. I can have a function in PHP and it just makes some HTML inside my post. Like there's a like wow factor of the tech of that, but there's not an intuitive like good design factor that makes it where like, uh, you know, an average consumer gets WordPress and it's like, dang, now I got a website. Right, right. And I think people have that experience and like the marketing of Squarespace presents that story all the time of like, dang, I just spent an hour and I got, had a great website. And like, that is not most people's experience installing the WordPress.org product on wherever they end up landing, you know, to buy the hosting from, I don't think. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of the, th one of the tweets from, from Matt, uh, late September of this year was, uh, if WP only appeals to technical folks, how do you explain their growth to which I responded with, I believe consultants question mark, like, uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, and then shortly thereafter I sent out an email, which I'm going to be publishing pretty soon. Uh, hopefully even in the next couple of weeks that this was uh, this episode goes out uh, where I pulled the folks on my email list and certainly not representative of all of the consultants and businesses in the WordPress space. Right. Uh, but, you know, 30 or 40 or so people that responded with their feedback. I mean, out of those 30 and 40 folks that responded, I mean, the, I asked for the site count. How many folks, how many websites have you launched for folks, WordPress websites have you launched for folks over, over the years? And I mean, I'm waiting to tally up these numbers with the data, but thousands, right, for these 30 mm -hmm. to 40 people? which blows yeah. away the ratio of one-to-one, -one, right? If you have a non-technical person signing up yeah. and they're just launching one site. Um, so, I, you know, it's just for me, I feel like, and, and we will wrap it up here because the, <laughs> the, the Jetpack conversation will only take me to the next level. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like it's very insular and it's just like, we're at a crossroads where I feel like if if Mullenweg is, is steering the direction of the product and, and we're really not talking to to people who are implementing WordPress for other people, right? Uh, mm. I, I'm, not, I'm not talking like the 10 ups of the world and, and the folks that are building big apps and even the, the team that I work with at Pagely, like these big, big, big infrastructure sites. I'm talking about like the woman that you mentioned before, um, the countless small businesses that I talk to in my local community, trying to get them a, 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 like a nonprofit on a website. Um, I'm talking about that kind of, that kind of scenario. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of good data that we can provide. Uh, they don't need to go and hire a Kevin Hart, right? They can tell stories mm -hmm. of WordPress and the success of WordPress through stories that you have, stories that Carrie Dills has, stories from me, um, and sort of leverage that. And, you know, that's it's me saying like, hey, look at us kind of thing. But man, I just feel like we're doing a lot of work for WordPress and for the brand of WordPress. And there's no love coming back in this direction. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, Jetpack is just going to take us all out. So what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I won't wrap. I, I won't wrap you up into that conversation unless you want to get into it. But uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I'd be curious to have it. But yeah, maybe maybe not on this one. Yeah, uh, I do. I will say though that um, one thing that I, one tension I do want to highlight is like imagine that Ruby on Rails had a Super Bowl ad. You'd be like, that's crazy. That's right. incongruous. <laughs> and like that is kind of where WordPress sits. Is like it's halfway between these two things. Like it is. A thing that like you're, you know, a small business should probably get a WordPress site because then they totally own their entire infrastructure. And but a lot of small businesses don't have that technical know-how in house to actually understand like, oh, I have to run updates. Oh, updates are important for this reason, including security, um, to tie back around. Like the the way the the responsibility of a WordPress site, a WordPress.org site deployed in the wild is pretty big compared to like I am a one to five person company and yeah I mean I think I think Fred who comes in on uh Tuesdays for our clerical work can like probably do that but I'm not really sure like that is a big burden that companies have I think given us the feedback over and over that like that is a lot for like a one to ten person company and that's fundamentally the thing that I think um, Squarespace and so on is competing better in. Um, you can buy WordPress hosting these days, but it's still like I need hosting and I need WordPress. And that still is like, like it's smoother, but it's not smooth. Like if WP Engine were to compete with Squarespace, that would be a really interesting idea um, where they 
you know, they're, they are WP Engine. What's WordPress? Not us. Right. We're WP Engine. Exactly. Um, because they could actually compete in a way of like, come here. We're a little more expensive than Squarespace, but you can take your site anywhere when you're done. Like, that's a really interesting proposition. But I think fundamentally, like, without that, like, managed hosting thing, people are just overwhelmed by the idea of not only do I have to, like, figure out how to pilot this interface I don't get, but I have to do with this other stuff you're saying or else it'll go down or, you know, be hacked or whatever. So it's just a lot for an average site owner to just take on board. And that's, I think, the, the reason for the, for the need for the simplification that, you know, to a certain extent, all the releases this year, and I think Gutenberg more than anything else, is hoping to bring. Whether or not it brings it is a whole other conversation that, again, we could have at a later time, <laughs> but probably it's too big for this one. Yeah. But, you know, that basic thing of, like, I think there is some vision where Matt has re recognized like why Squarespace is winning is that simple simplicity of like, I go here and I get a website and wordpress.com more than anything else needs to compete with that. As you said, like the consultants who build 30 websites, a hundred websites in WordPress for people over the years, like they don't need to compete with Squarespace because people have found the limits of Squarespace and are opting out of that into like custom WordPress sites. It's fundamentally like if you're trying to market to end users, you've got to give them a single thing that they can buy, which Squarespace is and WordPress outside of .com definitely isn't. David Hayes, when is this course going to launch where can folks find it one more time what's the date what's the price go ahead and uh, send it out there and we'll close the show sure yeah so the product is called wordpress security with confidence as i said there's both a user and a developer tier and uh for 147 or 297 i believe got both sevens this time uh and it's going to be out on november 6th uh, if it's after November 6th, you can just go to courses.wpshop.com. And that probably won't be the landing page for this product, but that will get you to exactly where you can buy this product. So Awesome stuff. MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It's number one way to stay connected. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode and supporting the Matt Report. For over five years now, it's been a pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure to have this guest on today to talk about uh, their business and how they run it. Speaking of business, if you have something you're launching, you have a new website, a new marketing page, a new product, anything that could use a second set of eyes, you can find me at userfeedbackvideos.com. That's userfeedbackvideos.com where I will review your product, your landing page, your funnel, whatever workflow or starting point you want me to take a look at online. I'll do that. I'll record it. I'll send it to you in a private screencast with my feedback uh, from over a decade of experience in this space, marketing, technology, WordPress, and otherwise. I hope to see you there. It's userfeedbackvideos.com. It's like having a co-founder for 59 bucks.